you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me 
along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be. Good morning, everybody. I want to... Welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship today. I want to say Happy Resurrection Day to you. It's a wonderful time to be able to gather together here today. And we're just going to praise the Lord and have a good time in His presence. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that you are risen. You are alive forevermore. You took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And Lord, we give you our praise this morning. We exalt you and bless you. We welcome your presence here this morning and your power and your glory to tell your story. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, you overcame death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. You overcame death, hell, and the grave. And you gave us your victory. You gave us your victory. Because your word is truth. So, Lord, we just listen to you now. did, I did for you, so that I can bring you through, over every challenge, past every enemy, to break every limit, so I've given you the victory, walk in your victory, enjoy your victory, celebrate your victory, for my victory is your victory, and I have made you free. when someone wins a victory, but it's even nicer when they give you your victory. They give you their victory. Amen. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. We're not going to do a confession today, but we're going to do some special songs for you uh, to just bless the Lord. So just enjoy. Amen. You're going to clap along with us, sing with us. We got some rejoicing to do. Amen.
children made, not something that you keep going, keep going. Well, give me the real thing. Don't know on the counterfeit. Something that tailor made, not something that kind of fits. Something that's knocking on heaven's door till I encounter it. Somebody tell the Lord, get used to the sound of it. This is my way up, my purpose. By his word I will stay up. He's my source of blessing. I'll be sure to be stay prayed up. Because when the enemy attacks the most, I'm, I'm going to be energized and empowered by the Holy Ghost. Didn't they do a great job? Signature worship team. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, God is doing a lot of good things. Amen. And we're glad that you're here this morning. If you're visiting, we just want to welcome you here this morning on this resurrection day, the day that we celebrate the risen Lord. Hallelujah. God is so good. And we thank you for those that are watching as well. And I uh, just want to encourage you. If you'd like to give this morning, you can give any time during the service. Our seed planter is in the back there. And uh, you can do that. And we know that God will bless the giver and your gift. He receives it and multiplies it and makes it more. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I give you thanks and praise for everyone, Lord, who gives into your kingdom. They do it because they love you and they honor you, Lord, and you receive it. And we give you glory and honor and praise in the name of Jesus for your blessing in return. And we acknowledge you, Lord, and you direct our paths in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you're watching online, of course, you can do that through our website as well. And then uh, we have our youth on Tuesday. Our upcoming uh, women's conference, the 16th and 17th of April, with uh, our special guest, Robin D. Bullock. And then he's also going to be here on Sunday as well. And that's going to be a packed, packed weekend. And it's going to be exciting. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, we have some awesome kids here. And awesome Kids Life teachers. Our kids ministry is called Kids Life. Kids living in faith every day. And uh, Mr. Nelson, you're teaching this morning. Praise God. We want to dismiss your kids to have a great class. Enjoy the presence of God. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Been a while since I rapped. Hallelujah.
Glory to God. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I want to um, I want to read a poem before I begin the message. It says the resurrection of our Lord. This is by Cobblestone Road Ministries. The resurrection of our Lord Jesus won the victory. He conquered sin, hell, and the grave. He conquered all for you and me. Oh, what wondrous love, unmatchless, that our Savior humbly died. There upon cruel Golgotha, he was willingly crucified. For three days his body lay in the silence of the grave. But on the third day he arose triumphant over every foe. O victorious deed unmatchless, when our Savior did arise, his life and resurrection are high priest above the skies. All power is his alone. He is crowned with majesty and glory, the risen Christ forever ruling. This is the glorious gospel story. O sinner is forgiven. O the sinner is justified. For the Lord did rise victorious, and he gives resurrection life. He is the Lord of earth and heaven, and his blood uh, does still still atone. He gives life, and that eternal authority is his and his alone. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the day, one of the greatest days of Christianity that we celebrate. Jesus proved beyond a shadow of a doubt who he was and what he came to do. And he left uh, no stone unturned. He Finished his work completely. And uh, today we celebrate. Amen. Today is a celebration of what Jesus did. Amen. He rose from the grave. Hallelujah. He endured the horrors of the cross. And he defeated death. Glory to God. And so he did that to provide for you and I the things that he wants to give us. Abundant life. And how many enjoy abundant life? Amen. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, this is what we want to bring forth today. And God has both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power. How many be ready to be raised up today? God wants to give you a raise today. He wants to raise you up. See, his resurrection is also our resurrection because he did it. We can do it because he overcame the grave. We can overcome every obstacle, every challenge that faces us in life. Yeah. 
He said that he was going to do this, and he did. If you go to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 22. Peter was talking on the day of Pentecost after the Lord had risen. And he said, you people of Palmyra. No, I'm just filling that in. He said, you men of Israel, but I'm going to say, you people of Palmyra. Hear the words. Hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves know. Him being delivered to the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Whom God raised up, notice what God did. He raised him up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Death tried to hold him, but death couldn't keep him. Death lost its grip on him. Amen. And he, he came out of that tomb with victory and glory and majesty. And the crucifixion was a thing of the past. And now we celebrate the new life that God came to give us. Paul told the young pastor Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 8. He said, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Amen? The gospel is what? What kind of news is it? It's good news. And Jesus fulfilled the gospel. He told the people, he said, you're going to destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up again. And he told his disciples, but they didn't believe him when he told it to them. They didn't believe it until it happened. Amen? And then they're like, oh yes, we remember what he says. What he said. See, the word raise, God wants to give you a raise. It means to cause or to help to rise to a standing position. Just think about this. The enemy may knock you down, but God wants to raise you up. And the enemy will knock you down, God will raise you up, and then we say, what just happened? He don't have a clue what just happened. Amen? It means to awaken, to arouse. It means to recall from death. Did you know God had a recall on death? I'm calling you back from death. Amen? You ever had a recall in the mail about your car? They, they realized that a certain component wasn't working right, and so they recall it, right? The manufacturer does a recall, and you go in and they fix the part for free, right? Because it's their mistake. But God had a recall on death. That's what it means to raise. It's a recall on death. To raise means to place you in a higher rank 
or dignity. Not only did Jesus raise from the dead, but he rose to the highest position in the universe above all authority, above all power, above every name. He is at the highest pinnacle point that you could ever reach. The word raise means to elevate. God wants to elevate your life. He wants to raise your life. He wants to raise the standard. It's an act of raising or lifting. You know, uh, we have a term that we use is called raising the bar, right? When someone does something, they, 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 they accelerate, they raise the bar, right? God wants to raise the bar in your life. All right, the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was the greatest come-behind victory ever achieved or has ever occurred. Hallelujah. And through this act, he demonstrated that he is God. He lay, it's the foundation on which the church is built. If the resurrection hadn't occurred, our faith would be futile. Jesus left hell in shambles. That means anybody that doesn't want to go there doesn't have to. He made a way for us to avoid hell. Can you say amen? Amen. He completely devastated Satan. So much so the Bible says if we knew that that was going to happen, we'd have never crucified him. But they didn't know. God had a secret plan. He knew that. When Jesus was buried, it was simply a countdown to launch day. So what jet propulsion is to rockets, the resurrection is to Christianity. What a second wind for an athlete late in the game, the resurrection is to Christianity. What a nuclear reactor to a power plant is the resurrection to Christianity. What a combustible engine is to an automobile, the resurrection is to Christianity. What coal is to a steam engine, the resurrection is to Christianity. Amen? Hallelujah. So the resurrection was so important that all three parts of the Trinity were involved. All right. Number one, we have God. Romans ten nine. Romans ten verse nine. God was involved. The Spirit was involved, and Jesus was involved. All three working together. Romans ten nine. It says, if you confess with your mouth. The Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that who? What did he do? Raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. When we acknowledge and recognize that Jesus is God's son and that God raised him from the dead and we confess that with our mouth, that's a key to getting saved. Amen. That's a key to receiving what he's done for us. Hallelujah. Are you excited this morning? Glory to God. 
doing that rap reminded me the first time that I preached a sermon at Ramah. We had to preach a sermon for our peers for 10 minutes because we had 100 people in our class. And uh, I don't know where the water that was in my mouth went to when I first got up there. But it became like the Sahara Desert. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 21. I'm just telling you how the Trinity is involved. We're talking about God. Who... By him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. So his resurrection is the key component for our salvation and for Jesus' glorification. Amen? God raised him up and God gave him glory we can have, so that we can put our faith in him. The resurrection of Jesus was God's clear sign to the world that your faith should be in Jesus. Your faith has to rest on a foundation. It can't just be in the air. It's got to be on something solid, something firm, something steadfast. You want to put your faith into something that doesn't change or something that will last, right? Jesus is our firm foundation. And we can put faith in him because of what he's done. Let's go back to the book of Acts, chapter 2. Book of Acts, chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse 30. Amen. That's my amen corner right there. Acts chapter 2, verse 30. He was talking about David. He said, therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. And that's in Psalm 16. This Jesus had God raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted, having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, He has shed forth this which you now see and hear. Now think about this for a minute. Jesus knew that he was going to die. Death wasn't a surprise to him because Jesus came to die. He came to give his life. He came to be crucified because he knew that upon entering death, he had a promise from his father that he was, death wouldn't, he, he wouldn't, wasn't going to stay there. He wasn't going to stay there. He was going to be resurrected. He was going to be made alive. He had that promise. That's why he, was, he could face death like he did. When Jesus talked about death, He wasn't sorrowful. He didn't flinch. He didn't say, oh my gosh, I'm going to 
die. No. Why? He knew what was on the other side of death. Amen? And that gives us hope and encouragement for us. What God said you can rely on. Amen? His, his promises will get you through over every challenge. All right? So Jesus had a promise of his father. He might have even read that in Psalm 16. And David, David wrote it. David prophesied about it. You see how God works? This was going to happen no matter what. Whether you believe in the resurrection or not, it happened. It's a fact. Everything proves it. You can study the evidence, right? The empty tomb. You know, oh, maybe the disciples stole the body. Are you kidding me? No thief is going to fold the clothes. Oh, let's, let's rob the grave, but let's take time to fold the clothes. No, when they looked in the tomb, the clothes were folded neatly. The, the stone had been rolled away that was sealed by, by the guard, right? And then Jesus appeared for 40 days after he rose. I mean, you talk about evidence or proof. All right, let's go to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. The whole Trinity was involved in the resurrection. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit said, we're going to have a party. And Jesus said, I'll be there in three days. Right? But the party was already set. The table was already set. The decorations were hung. Acts chapter 3 and verse 13. Notice what the Bible says. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. Remember, they called for Barabbas instead of for Jesus. And killed the Prince of Life, whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. Amen? Aren't you glad that when God does things, he does things for witnesses? Amen? He is not afraid to show his strength or his power or his glory to anybody who wants it, to anybody who believes in it, to anybody who expects it. Are you expecting today? Are you believing today? Go to Acts chapter 4, verse 33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. Who's the powerhouse of God? That's the Holy Spirit. All right? So God raised Jesus up on the third day. He raised him from the dead. All right? He raised him for us. He was seen by many. Now let's talk about Jesus. We talked about the Father. Now let's talk about Jesus. All right? Go with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 10. John, chapter 10. What are we doing? We're looking at the Trinity, how they were involved in the resurrection. John, chapter 10. And look at verse 17. 
Therefore, does my father love me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again? Did they take Jesus' life? No, he laid it down as the ultimate sacrifice. There's no greater love than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. How many are a friend of God this morning? Oh, God wants to be your friend. He's the the friend who sticks closer than a brother. But Jesus said, I lay down my life that I may take it back up again. He fully expected. He fully believed. He was convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt. He was fully persuaded that he would rise up on the third day. He had confidence in God. See, when you have confidence in God, you can face the worst trial. You can face your greatest test. When your confidence is in God, it doesn't matter what challenge it is, because you know that God's going to see you through. God's going to bring you out, right? God's going to cause you to overcome. He'll heal your body. He'll change your life. He'll move in the situation. All we have to do is put our faith in God. Amen? Go to John chapter 2. John chapter 2. Look at verse 19. John 2, verse 19. Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Now they were thinking of a natural building. They're like, this temple took 40 years to build. What are you talking about? He was talking about his body. Did you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? But see, when someone is dull spiritually and someone talks about spiritual things, the dull person doesn't know what they're talking about. Right? But Jesus said, destroy this temple and I will raise it up. Amen? And he did. He raised it up. Now let's go to talk about the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. Look at verse 18. For Christ also has once suffered for sins. Everybody say once. He suffered for sins so that you don't have to. He suffered for sins so that you could be free from its dominion. You could be unbound by its slavery. For the just, for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the what? By the Spirit. So we see the Father. We see the Son. And we see the Holy Spirit all working for the same thing. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. When he arose... On the third day. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I'm so glad that we can celebrate this event together. Romans chapter 8 and verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, 
But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. How does the Holy Spirit get in you? He comes in by invitation. When you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Jesus says, yes, the minute you call upon him, you're saved. His spirit enters into you, right? You have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. You are a child of God. It only takes a moment to be a child of God. You don't have to get a child of God degree. Although if you want to do that later, you can. But becoming a child is instant. Right? When your heart meets with God's incorruptible seed, life begins to happen. You begin to be changed into a new creature. Right? So the Holy Spirit is in a person when they're born again, when Jesus Christ is Lord. Right? And there's, there's an addition to that called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's just for power. God wants you to have power. But I want you to notice something. The same Spirit. Everybody say the same Spirit. The same power, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. What's he doing? He is working in you. What's he doing in you? He's quickening. He's making alive your mortal body. Amen. He's strengthening you. He's helping you. He's working in you. The same thing, the same thing that Jesus encountered in the resurrection, we can encounter through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's not something different. It's the same. Go to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Look at verse 3. Know ye not... That so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like, as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. What did Jesus do after he was raised from the dead? Did he sit under a nice shaded tree and say, I'm enjoying my retirement? No. Did he buy a lot and set up a nice condo? No. What did he do? He lived. Who did he live to? He lived to God. See, so when we're raised to a new life, right? See, before Christ, it's like being dead in sin. Okay? If we, did, if we did not know Christ, we would be dead in sin. But when we get born again, we actually encounter a resurrection. And we rise to a new life, right? So we're baptized in his death, but we also get the benefit of his resurrection. Without the pain. That's a sweet deal. Amen? Just as Christ 
was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. So we need to take that resurrection power and we need to walk in the new life. We need to put into practice now God's principles, right? We need to actively listen to the Holy Spirit, right? We've got to live. Look at your neighbor and say, live. See? I mean, Jesus... After he was dead, he lived. He ate food. He fellowshiped. He ministered. He preached. He did things for 40 days until he was ascended on high. And they watched him go. He took the greatest elevator ride ever without an elevator. See, the point of the resurrection is so that we don't sit on our dust so that we can walk in the newness of life. Everybody say, walk it out. And work it out. You know, you've got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Right? You've got to live in the new life. The new life is exciting. The new life is vibrant. The new life is energizing. Amen? You find your purpose in your new life. You find your help in your new life. You find your guiding light in your new life. God has made it possible for all of us to enjoy the new life. Everybody say the new life. How many enjoy new things? Right? Doesn't something new have a good smell to it? Right? You know, it just feels good. I mean, that's what new life should be. New life is not stale. New life is not musty, right? New life is awesome. And we have to walk in this new life. Look at verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Are you walking in your resurrection power? Or are you encountering defeat at every turn? God wants us to walk in the resurrection power. He said this, verse 6, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth, everybody say henceforth. That means right now, hereafter, we should not serve sin. Say, I'm not a servant to sin. See, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ and through the victory that he gave us, he caused us to overcome sin by what he did. And all we have to do is put faith in him and we can overcome sin too. We can say no to sin. Sin has no dominion over The devil can't make you sin. He can't even get you in a headlock. He can only suggest give you a thought or an idea to do something. He can't make you do it because of what Jesus did. Amen? That is awesome. So because God, Jesus was raised, we get a raise too. How many want to get a raise today? Amen? Getting a raise means increase. Getting a raise is good, Right? Go to 2 Corinthians 
chapter 2, or sorry, chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Look at verse 14. Knowing that he, that he which raised up the Lord Jesus. How many know him today? To know him means to be intimate with him. To know him means to experience him. To know him means to be familiar with him. Amen. Do you know him? He says, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. See, we are joint heirs with Jesus. What does that mean? What Jesus gets, we get. If Jesus got a raise, we get a raise. If Jesus gets a victory, we get a victory. If Jesus gets healed, we get it. Do you realize all the gifts of the Holy Spirit were working in his body that was bruised, brutalized, and beaten? The Holy Spirit made it like nothing ever happened. He, he, he walked out of that grave. Yes, he had his scars in his hands and his feet and his side. He's the only one in heaven that has scars. Because that is a reminder of the price that he paid for us. The shed blood. Amen. It's a complete and final victory. Glory to God. And he has given us the very same victory. He'll raise you up. What do you need to be raised up? He'll raise you up from sickness. He'll raise you up out of lack. He'll raise you up from darkness. When we get born again, don't we get translated? I was here, but now I'm over here. That was all dark, but now I'm in light. Now I'm in a different kingdom. Now I have a different nature. Now I'm connected again to to my Father. Amen? Whatever Jesus gets, we get. Whatever happens to Jesus happens to us. Why? We're connected. How are we connected? By faith in him. Amen? So that's a benefit, being raised up. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And starting with verse 4. But God, who was rich in mercy, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Why did he do it? Because of his great love. Because he's rich in mercy. See, sinners need help. Because a sinner cannot save themselves. A sinner cannot change the circumstance that sin has caused. No matter how hard a sinner tries, it's not going to change. We need someone who was sinless to change it for us. So, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, being dead in sins was like him being in the grave. Hath quickened us, how? Together. 
together. This was God's plan all along. Everyone who puts their faith in Jesus gets the same thing, gets the same benefits, has the same work in the name of Jesus. He raised us up together with Christ, the Anointed One. By grace are you saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, before we were used to sitting at the lowest points. But God says, no, 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 I've got a seat reserved for you right next to me, right next to the Father in heavenly places. He made us sit together with him in heavenly places. Amen. When you're sitting in heavenly places, do you know how small your problems look? Say, I'm sitting together with Jesus. He reserved a seat. And it's, it's, for all, it's not just one seat, it's for all of us. Amen? God, Jesus is seen as long as it needs to be. For how, how many ever want to join in? What's going to happen on this seat? Look at verse 7. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through, Jesus, through Christ Jesus. Can you imagine this? We're sitting with Jesus, and he says, it's like an opening of a movie. You know how they do the premieres, right? They roll out the red carpet. Everybody arrives in a limo, and they walk the red carpet, and the, the uh, flashes are flashing. The cameras are, are snapping, right? And it's the premiere, right? It's the first time that a movie was made, and it's coming out. And it's being shown to a special group of people. This is what's going to happen while we're sitting next to Jesus. It's going to take the ages. We're going to get to see the premiere of how good. The movie's entitled, God's So Good. And it's going to take ages for us to really realize how good God is. But we're going to be sitting next to Jesus with some popcorn looking at how good God was. Oh, he's good there. He's good there. He's good there. He's good all the time. And we're not going to be tired of seeing how good God is. It's going to take ages. We're going to enjoy every minute of it. Why? He made us sit together. That's what the resurrection's all about. God wants to give you a raise. He wants to raise you up. He wants to help you. God raised up his servant Jesus. And because he did, he took away all of our iniquities. Hallelujah. Resurrection power is key to operating in miracles. Jesus Christ of Nazareth makes his miracle, wonder-working power available to us every day and any time that we need it. Amen. Go to Colossians chapter 2. Right after Philippians. Colossians chapter 2. And verse 12. We were buried with him in baptism, wherein also, everybody say also, you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who has raised him from the dead. And you, 
being dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. You know what a relief it is to be forgiven? How many trespasses did he forgive us? All of them. Every trespass that we ever did in our life against God, Jesus forgave them all. He wiped them away. They are gone. What a better way to start a new life. All your baggage has been checked in and it's lost for good. Amen? There's, you, can't, you can't reclaim this baggage. Glory to God. Notice what he did. He blotted out the handwriting of ordinances. Notice verse 13. He spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. It was like Jesus took Satan when he rose from the dead and he put him on parade. He was dragging him along, utterly and totally defeating him. He made a show of him openly. All the spirit realm could watch Jesus as he proceeded triumphantly from death, from hell, from the grave. He paraded Satan around the spirit realm. like He was whooped, defeated, utterly and completely. He spoiled principalities. He spoiled them. And powers. Because there's no greater power than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He calls us to triumph over it. We need to celebrate God's triumphs. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to end today with the benefits of the resurrection. The benefits of the resurrection. You know, I like to talk about benefits. How many appreciate benefits? You know? How many has ever considered a new job based on the benefits that they offer? Right? Have you ever considered your benefits? You got a good benefit package, right? Well, God gave us the greatest benefit of all. Amen? And guess what? It's free. Did you know that God's got a retirement plan for you? It's called not of this world. Right? God's got a health plan for you. It's called by my stripes you're healed. And as an employer, he treats you like his son and daughter. Amen? Did you know that you work for a rich Jew? Hallelujah. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and all the taters underneath. All the gold and silver is his. Amen. This is the one who conquered death, hell, and the grave for us. He was the only one who could conquer, but then he shares his victory with us. Oh, that's so awesome. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. And what is... I'm going to read this from the Amplified. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable. Everybody say immeasurable. Unlimited. Say unlimited. Surpassing greatness. Say surpassing greatness. 
That's how the Bible describes, these are some of the best words that you could describe as power, and they're not even good enough or adequate to describe how powerful his resurrection is. It is immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of his power. It is for us who believe. Notice that phrase. That power, that unlimited, surpassing greatness, uh, immeasurable power is for us who believe. So that power is for me. Yeah, that power is there to help you live. The power is there to help you solve problems. The power is there to help you overcome, right? That power is there to help you get unstuck if you get stuck. It's for us who believe. As demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above. Oh, do you love that phrase? Far above? Not slightly above. Jesus didn't barely make it. He is far above. All rule, authority, power, dominion, and every name that is named. Above every title that can be confirmed. Not only in this age, but... or in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come, he has put all things under his feet. He's put all things under his feet. He's put sickness under his feet. He's put lack under his feet. He's put poverty under his feet. Right? He's put it under his feet. What does that mean? He's the champion over it. And if he's the champion over it, then you can champion over it. God wants to give you a raise. He is the, he, and he has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, which is his body. We are the body of Christ. Did you know that if you're going to raise the head, you've got to raise the body because they go together? Right? I mean, your head, Jesus' head, he's not the walking head. Right? He, has, he is the head, but we are his body. And the head and the body are attached. That's why we get the same benefits. We get the same uh, rewards. The fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him. Oh, aren't you glad that in, in his total body lives the full measure of him. His body doesn't lack anything. Amen? His body is fully supplied. Alright? And he makes, he makes everything complete, who fills everything everywhere with himself. God is filling you right now. He's filling you with himself. How can he do that? He can be, omnipotent, he can be omnipresent because he's a spirit. Right? He can be everywhere, anytime, anyplace. Right? So, you have to think about this. The same power that went into the resurrection is the same power that goes into us when we're born again. I'm going to say that again. The same power that went into the resurrection is also the same power that makes a person born again. The same power that brought Jesus out of the grave is the same power that makes us new creatures. 
And it, it, it causes old things to be passed away. It changes our nature. The same power. Glory to God. It's not some different power. We don't get second-hand power. We get the very same power with all of its fullness, all of its might. Amen. And His power is working. How is it working? It's working mightily. So the same way that a sinner is converted was the same way that Jesus was raised from the dead. And guess what? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit work to get someone born again, too. We're born of the Spirit, right? We've got to be born of water, but we've got to be born of the Spirit, too. Remember John or Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. And, and Nicodemus said, well, how can I be born again? How can I get into my mother's womb? See, he was thinking all natural. But Jesus was talking of a spiritual principle. When a person is born again, they're changed on the inside. Your spirit, man, the real you, that's what's born again. So the resurrection of Jesus... It proves the gospel is true. Because his resurrection validated that everything he said and everything he did was true. He is the Son of God. He is God in the flesh. Right? So the resurrection proves the gospel is true. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, me being up here today would be in vain. I'd be, I might as well just be a babbling brook or a tiny clinging symbol, because it would cause preaching to be vain if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus, it proves that God accepted his sacrifice and payment for sin. It proves that our sin was atoned for. Your debt was paid in full. Jesus has the stamps to show that it was paid in full. How did God stamp it? Here, here, and the feet and the side. Do you realize that Jesus is showing those stamps in heaven? What was one of the things that he proved to his disciples? That he was alive, right? Think about it. They were in a closed room, probably didn't have any windows, and they're having dinner, and Jesus walks in and says, Hey, guys, how's it going? Hoo-hoo! Right? And, you know, they didn't even believe the ladies who, who saw him first when he rose from the dead. They had to go see it for themselves. And then he still had some doubts. And when Jesus appeared to him, he rebuked them for their doubt. Right? But what did he tell to his disciple Thomas? Why don't you put your hands? Touch my hands. Do you realize in a resurrected body, your wounds don't bother you? How many has ever had a bruise or a wound and someone tries to touch it? Ow! Don't touch! Ow! It hurts, right? God let Thomas touch his wounds and they didn't even bother him. Why? Because he was resurrected. See, when you walk in the resurrection, your past wounds won't bother you anymore. You won't be bound by your past wounds, your past hurts, your past challenges, your past difficulties. It'll be wiped away. It's time that we walk in the resurrection power. Quit wearing our emotions on our sleeve and let's walk in the love of God. That's the best way to overcome past hurts. 
Jesus never talked about how, how much the cross hurt once he was rose from the dead. He only talked about the resurrection. And when he was resurrected, he ate food. Amen? Boy, when you're resurrected, calories mean nothing. Glory to God. It's not like Jesus says, I got to work out. No, I'm flesh and bone, baby. I can eat and eat and it's not going to harm me. Glory to God. Woo! (laughs) The resurrection of Jesus, it proves that our justification was secured. Because Jesus was obedient to death. And we are justified. That means we are made right with God. Justified means just as if I've never sinned. Our slate is wiped clean. We have been pardoned. Our sin is gone. And now we can start with the Father fresh. Amen? The resurrection of Jesus proves that Jesus made full atonement of our sins. And we are reconciled. We are... God accepts his sacrifice on our behalf. Aren't you glad you don't have to come up with anything else? Guess what? You don't even have to leave a tip. Amen? You know, when someone buys you lunch, maybe you can offer to say, oh, I'll leave the tip. You don't even have to tip. Jesus took care of the, he took care of the lunch, the bill, and the tip. Amen? And now, he just wants you to enjoy the life that he's provided for you. Let's start enjoying life. Amen? Let's start living for God. Let's start listening to the Holy Ghost. Let's start walking in our purpose. How much time do you think we have? Oh, I can wait another day. No, you can't. We have got to be about the Father's business now. If you don't know what your your business is with the Father, ask Him. He will show you. But we've got to be about the Father's business. It's too late in the game. Amen? The resurrection of Jesus proves that God's justice was fully satisfied. He accepted the offering. (laughs) Did you know that the resurrection was God's amen to Jesus' it's finished? When Jesus said it's finished, God rose him from the dead and said amen. (laughs) Amen? So be it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The resurrection of Jesus proves that he is the son of God with power. Romans 1, 4 says he was declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. We don't have a weak God. We have a personal, strong God who is with us, who communicates to us who talks with us, who, who did what he did to have a relationship with us. How many people do you know would do what he did just to have a relationship with you? But that's what he did. That's why he did what he did. The resurrection of Jesus proves the authenticity of God's will and plan to save man. When Jesus rose from the dead... He did what was said in Genesis. He crushed the head of the serpent. 
thousands of years ago. It was written in God's word. You're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. And the crushing of his head came now when he rose from the dead. That was the final blow where the enemy got his teeth knocked out and he was down for the count. Amen? Hallelujah. And Jesus became the champion for you and I. There's nothing that he can't handle. I mean, my goodness, you think if God can raise his son from the dead, you, you, you think he can't heal a, a broken body? You can't think, you, you, you don't think he can fix a, a broken mind? You don't think he can fix a, a broken heart? Amen? No, he binds up wounds. He heals broken hearts. He opens blind eyes. He frees captives. He proclaims the year of the Lord. What's the year of the Lord? It's jubilee. That means what you lost, you get back. Hallelujah. You don't have to wait 50 years. Let's get it back right now. Amen? When David lost everything at Ziklag, he didn't have to wait 50 years. He said, Lord, should I pursue and will I recover? Pursue and you'll recover all. It's time that we start pursuing so that we can recover all. Is this helping you today? The resurrection of Jesus, it proves that the kingdom of darkness is overthrown. It was crushed Stripped and overcome. Satan has fallen like lightning. And truth triumphs over error. Good triumphs over evil. Peace triumphs over trouble. And forgiveness or happiness comes with mercy. Amen. Jesus has resurrected from the dead. The resurrection, we hold so close to our hearts. The cross where Jesus died, but so much more than the blood-stained cross is that Jesus came back to life. Everybody say, he came back to life. The stone's been rolled away, the tomb lay open and bare. They looked for him, and then the angel said, he is no longer here. Oh, what joy they must have felt to see him just once more, to eat with him, to drink with him, to receive him back as Lord. So much did he accomplish through his death upon the cross, and in his rising from the dead, he reconciled us back to God. Nothing else could bridge the gap that sin had wrenched apart. Now we can freely go to God and receive Christ in our hearts. Glory to God. Amen. So the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it proved who he was. And I want you to listen to what, uh, what John saw in Revelation chapter 1. This is my final scripture for today. John, I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 1, verses 12 to 18. And, and John was writing this on the Isle of Patmos. He said, then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. Want you to know, Jesus, his voice is full. 
His voice is clear, right? He, he doesn't even have to say, excuse me, let me get the death out of my throat. It's all gone. Okay? Having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and girded about the chest with a golden sash or a golden band. His head and hair were like wool, as white as snow, his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as refined in the furnace. Sounds to me like he spent some time in a furnace. Matter of fact, he did. He rescued three of his believers from a furnace. He took the heat so that they didn't have to. His voice is the sound of many waters. Sounds pretty healthy to me, doesn't it? He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. His countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me. He'll touch you with his resurrection body. God is a God of touch. He likes to touch you. Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. He knows what it means to die, but he knows what it means to live. And behold, I am alive. How? Forevermore. Never to die again. Never to diminish again. Never to be in the ground again. I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Glory to God. And I'm giving these keys to everyone who believes in me, who has faith in me, who trusts me. And I'm going to give you these keys. It's my pleasure to give you the keys of the kingdom. So this is Jesus in his resurrected. I'll tell you what, resurrection does him good. Right? Resurrection does the body good. White hair, right? Gold sash. He's, he's decked out in the finest clothes, strong voice, gentle touch, right? Helpful personality, helpful disposition. Don't be afraid, he said. I'm alive. I was dead, but I'm alive. Notice, how many times does he say he's alive versus he's dead? I was dead. One little thing. I'm alive. I'm alive forevermore. Hallelujah. He emphasizes life. Not death. This is Jesus in his risen form whom John is seeing. This was after he had risen to the right hand of God. Amen. And God decked him out in all of his glory that he had before. This is the resurrection. This is why we gathered here today. This is why we celebrate the way we celebrate. This is why we emphasize this the way we emphasize this. This is the most pivotal point in history for Christianity. When Jesus rose from the dead, the next most pivotal point is when he comes in the air. Amen? And he's going to come in the air. 
and the trumpet's going to sound, and the eastern sky's going to crack open, and we're going and all those who are in Christ are going to hear the trumpet sound, both dead. You know, Jesus said, both the dead and the living will hear my voice. And we're going to hear that trumpet sound, and once that trumpet sound goes off, we're going to leave this place, and we're going to meet him in the air. Amen? And we're going to be with him forever and ever and ever. But until we do, let's enjoy the resurrection now. Let's walk in the new newness of life now. Let's walk in the power that God has given us right now, today, in this very moment, in the name of Jesus. Step number one. If you're here today and you've never been born again, today's a good day to get born again. Amen. You know, Jesus described himself as the firstborn from the dead. He had to be the first so that others could be after him. You know, he had to be resurrected. Where did the people die who died before Jesus went to the cross and rose again? They were in Abraham's bosom, a place called paradise. Because Jesus had to be the first one born from the dead. And he went, see, the people in Abraham's bosom, they already believed in the gospel. They already believed in the Messiah. They, they didn't get to see him, but they believed him. Amen? Maybe they saw him in a vision. Uh, I mean, when Abraham offered Isaac, he saw God giving his only son. And he believed. And he went and preached to them the gospel, and then he took them with them into heaven. Amen? Hallelujah. Don't we serve a good God? Say, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Everything he said, everything he did, is the absolute truth. And I believe it. And that settles it. Is there anybody here that never has met Jesus Christ? You've never... Invited him to be Lord and Savior in your life. He only comes by invitation. It's the only way to get to the Father is through Jesus Christ. Can't be good enough, can't buy your way in. Is there anybody here? Anybody here that needs to be healed from a sickness? You need to be healed from a sickness. Or you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Or maybe you just need to come back home. You've known the Lord, but... You know, it's, it's easy to go your own way. It's easy to walk out the same door that, you, uh, that was open to you to come into the kingdom. Is there anybody here who needs to be healed, filled with the Holy Spirit, or come back home or be born again? Father, we give you thanks and praise for moving. You all are healed? Great. That's awesome. Amen. You're walking in the resurrection and the new life. If, if, those are any, if any of those things... Touch your heart. I just want you to come up right now. And we're going to pray. And God's power is going to come on the scene. And he's going to do what it needs to do in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we give you thanks and praise. If you have any need whatsoever, I'm just going to give you a moment here. Hallelujah. You know, when you're hungry and thirsty, the Bible says that you'll be filled in the name of Jesus. And Jesus always invited those to come to him. Right? Oftentimes he would say, come to me, all those who are heavy laden with burden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all those who thirst, and you'll be able to drink. And we've got to come to Jesus. 
There's nothing bad about coming to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. What you need. Oh, I rebuke that foul plant in the name of Jesus. I command the curse of the itch to be broken in Nate's life in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you are the balm of Gilead. And you heal his body now. And you reverse, I command that ivy to die and wither up on his skin. No more to appear in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that he is redeemed from the itch in the name of Jesus. And he is free from that. That curse is broken. Be healed and whole in the name of Jesus now. I give you thanks and praise. Hallelujah. You guys need.
Someone say praise the Lord. Let's just get to our feet, if you can. And let's just give God some glory, amen, for his resurrection, for giving us a raise today. Lord, just celebrate that he's raising us up, amen. He's lifting us up. He's the glory and the lifter of our heads. He's raising us up out of problem. He's raising us up out of challenges. He's raising us up, Father, out of defeat in the name of Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We praise you. We magnify you, Lord Jesus. We celebrate your resurrection. Oh, hallelujah. We give you glory and honor and praise, Lord Jesus. You are worthy of our praise. You are who you said you are. Oh, we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that your resurrection power is working in us, renewing us, strengthening us, healing us, reviving us, leading us, guiding us, directing us. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Have an awesome and incredible day.